to Around Comics. to say about blind kids chris anyway hey welcome back to another episode of around comics i am brian salazar with me as always chris i hate blind kids niesman and we have a great show why should they get free canes <laughs> we have your a great pull yourself oh. up by your blind little bootstraps <laughs> See, I don't know. I can't control this guy, folks. I don't know what to do with him. Mm. It's horrible. Hey, look, Tom's here already at the beginning of the show. I was going to salute our our fallen brother. I have a uh, true Wisconsin old-fashioned here. Oh, there you go. For Tom. And And a giant glass. And me, Tom, I've been so... I've coveted your Tom Collins... Every Glad. week, so I so I made myself. <laughs> oh, there you go. A Tom Collins today, including, and I have a little, a little squid man. Oh, nice. Look at that, huh? But mine's vodka, not I gin. Like I don't, I, I'm not a gin drinker. But these are delicious. I, like, uh, I have to say, yeah, they're very a summer drink, but you can have them in winter. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like it's like drinking porters in the summer. I love a good porter in the summer. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm wearing a sweater, you know, and, and like wool socks, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tom, I went, I went, I went full on Scani for you yeah. tonight. Yeah, yeah. He's got the flannel, got my flannel insulation. Oh, I do have. Yeah. I, I've got my. Uh, I, I do have my bears. My bears. You're not. Me. You're not casually drunk driving, so that's. So I, I, got, I, got, I got full I got Wisconsin. Most Wisconsin text ever tonight. So this is from one of my my buddies up here, and he says, uh, "What does your Sunday uh, post Packers game look like? Thinking about maybe a flood at the curling club." Oh, there you go. What's a flood? What is yeah. that? You have to reset the ice every six to eight weeks by putting oh. about five hundred gallons of water on it to to just kind of reset it and and then scrape it out. So yeah, it's gotcha. it, it's a it is a curling. Uh, a little so, inside yeah. curling, little yeah. inside curling. There you but go. As a true Bears fan, I uh, I just uh, responded back said, "Fuck, I'll do it during the Packers game." <laughs> oh man, oh man. You know, I wish I was uh, able you to. Cared? You wish? No, no, no. Cared? I wish. I honestly wish I could watch football. I wish I loved football enough to just watch other teams. Yeah, and I but I can't. <laughs> I don't love football enough to do that. Um, or I wish that I had like your ability, Chris, to just get rid of teams and, and root for just, other teams. Just completely done with you. Done with you. Yes. I don't, I, I don't know if I, if I had another football I, team, I, I don't I know what it would be. I put like a, a two decade mark. It's like, if you haven't done shit for me in like two decades, I reserve the right to move to another city and root for a basketball team that Dude, doesn't. Dude, two decades. That's short time in it in Chicago. Come on, man. What? 
<laughs> you got to go 100 years to have a uh, before I'm sorry you get to I married someone who is a White Sox fan. <laughs> hey, White Sox are going to have the best rotation in baseball, my friend, and and they just picked up a closer. Now if uh, their if their manager doesn't get a DUI or die, <laughs> we should be okay. How he, uh, how he puts the the roster together. Hey, at least he's not the Mets GM. Whoa, yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> Could be worse. Could right. always be worse. Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still hoping the White Sox somehow figure out how to sign Trevor Brower, and then it's just like, forget it. We have the best starting four in baseball at that point, and, it, and a light around baseball. But if, if you were ever looking for a one year pillow contract for a for a, a stud player, this might be the year. I just don't see Reinsdorf play, paying him $35 million. Paying $35 million for one year. For one year. Do you uh, think he, he would do that, though? I don't know if he'd be interested in a one-year. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Win a World Series. He'd be, and, he'd be stupid to turn it down this year. This is true. I mean, Neil Johnson on the on the YouTube says his team is so bad they lost their own name. I oh, know. he must be a, uh, a Washington football team. He must be a Washington. Oh, no, Indians fan. Indians, Indian, Indians, yeah. the Cleveland baseball team. Yeah, That's what's good. what? Uh, what should those teams rename themselves? Um, what the be the Cleveland uh, uh, Steamers? Tomes, Tomes. Everybody likes Jim Tomey. Nobody can. Tomei. Nobody can get bad at Jim Tomey. Yeah. Washington's uniforms are way better now with the numbers on the helmet rather than the. Yeah, Indian logo. I think that they yeah. should keep a football team as it's the yeah. Washington football team. Why not? Yeah, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, it's yeah. not like you're not going to sell you're gonna make it something like you're going to just make up like uh, Washington Muskrats or like some shit. Just call it football team, whatever. I think it should be the Cleveland Burning. The numbers are cool on the helmet. The Cleveland Untouchables. Yeah. Untouchables. Oh, that's right. Elliot Ness is from there. No, Superman's yeah. from there. The Cleveland Superman's. The Cleveland Kryptonites. <laughs> I like it. The Cleveland Jews. I, uh, <laughs> that bad? <laughs> no, that won't work. All right. No, I, I actually uh, drove past the uh, the Seagull House in uh, in Cleveland. Marta, we were on a tight schedule, so Marta was like, "No, you can't go in." But uh, um, I actually have a uh, a t shirt that says Cleveland with a. Uh, Superman on it, so they they kind of they're they're aware of it. There, I was that in uh, American Thunder uh, Picar was a was a Cleveland Clevelandite Clevelander Harvey Picar, yeah, the Picars, the Cleveland Picars, Cleveland Picar, the Cleveland Cremudgeons. Are you are you a is it a Clevelander? A Cleveland Clevelandite Cleveland Cleavers. I don't know. Who gives a shit? It's Cleveland. So, hi, guys. How you doing? It's a whole intro. That was a longer intro intro than uh, WandaVision. Hey, we could talk about wine for the next eight and a half minutes. Or, uh, sorry, that's a... No. Oh, Never mind. Never mind. Oh. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) um, Speak as I mentioned WandaVision. Um... 
quick plug for the the Patreon. Um, Sal and I did a. We, we're not going to talk about Wandavision tonight, uh, most likely. Uh, but you can check out our hour long chit chat about uh, Wandavision on uh, the old Patreon. I had fun. That was a that was a hoot. I had I had much fun as well. I, you know, I Tom, we didn't invite you to the Wandavision thing. Uh, that's all right. No. Yeah, well, that's what we figured. We yeah. figured you wouldn't be that interested. So we didn't tried, I'll be honest. I tried to watch the first episode. Now, this is not a critique of the first episode. It's more of a critique of like how what a tired father I am. I fell asleep. You know, just like <laughs> it's like I if we I, it was too. I I knew as soon as I started it. I'm like I'm starting this way too late. Unless this is like the greatest thing in the world, I'm. So Sal and I have decided that we're going to do this, this ACTV review show and, and WandaVision is just the first show that we're doing right now. It's great. Cause we both agree that we like the show and we really had, <laughs> we had a lot to, to discuss what's going to happen when on. you are like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> We're going to get into a show that one of us likes and one of us doesn't. Like, well, well, Chris put out there to the, the patrons, no. is like, Hey, you guys pay for this. No, so no. if you can maybe pick the next show, maybe it's, you know, and I'm like, no, that's not a good idea. Cause Dude. those assholes are going to pick below hey, deck Mediterranean. Yeah. Look at their taste in entertainment. No, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Anyone speaking can, of the patrons, uh, as Chris said, please, if if you want bonus content from all of us, uh, we're putting out lots of good stuff on the patron page. It's patreon.com slash around comics. I do want to give a quick shout out to all the patrons that have signed up recently. In fact, I kind of legally have to. So I'm going to do that right now at the top of the show. I'm not going to wait because last week I forgot all about it. Uh, so thank you, Mark V, Cody, David B, Mark M, Zach, K, Neil, M, Kevin, D, Chris, N, and Dave W. Thank you all, patrons, for supporting Around Comics, and we hope you guys are enjoying uh, the stuff we're putting out as much as we're enjoying doing it, because I'll be honest, I'm having a blast so far. I didn't think I would enjoy like doing the Future Stacks thing, but I'm actually having a fun time doing that um every week so far so uh, i'm really glad and and the actv and i'm looking forward to some tom verses maybe and and who knows what else we'll come up with had a dave wachter interview this week you did have a dave wachter interview and you can uh, you can preview that on the regular feed at aroundcomics.com um you can find it on our lipson page you can find it uh on our our podcast feed there's a 10 minute preview of the entire interview and then if you'd like to get the entire 30 minute interview interview with dave wachter who has a book coming out today we'll be talking um, about that. yeah for sure on the next episode you can you can uh, join patreon and and then get the rest of the interview and that's kind of how chris is going to operate those one-on-one deep diving i think you should make him eat like it's hot peppers a, it's not a deep yeah. dive it's 30 minutes man it's 30 minutes with <laughs> It's a surface level dive. It's very shallow, superficial. Yeah, There's no doubt. It works perfectly for me. It's perfect for comedy. Controls my anger. Chris does not have to think much about it. He doesn't have to get personal with these people. He doesn't. He barely knows their name. Yep. Exactly. All right. We got some. We got some good friends. Good old friends of the show coming up, and some new friends. Um, speaking of your uh, future stacks, I think you talked about this book. I did. Did you read it? I did. 
we're talking about cereal by Terry Moore. Any anything anything Terry Moore is going to be a, an insta buy for me because he draws he draws Purdy. He <laughs> Pretty. He draws, Purdy, that's very Purdy of you, Terry. Uh, yeah, I read it. Um, I like the story more than I like the art, actually. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's Terry Moore art. It's Terry Moore art. I, I, it's, it's, it's always an interesting thing. Like when you, you know, do we give a pass to independent comic book creators or the, like guys that are write and draw their own stuff to some degree? Because yeah, it's all the time. Right? Is that is that sort of how it works? <laughs> All right. Never mind then. That's what that's the end of my different stuff in this than I had seen before. Um, with the like dream sequence. It's stuff. a lot of work. It is You're a lot right. of work. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, lot of work. Do. It's a lot to do. <laughs> right and dry. It's hard. It's yeah. you're right, it is. And it's not that it's bad art, it's just um it's it's very there's something about the way that he frames a story. Like it's very uh, one dimensional or not one dimensional. It's very, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it exactly. It's the framing, his sequences that he picks for like how to display a page are very uh, simplistic sometimes. Simplistic. And and I was thinking about that, but he and how sparse his work is um, because echo was the same Rachel rising. I really liked echo by the way. Huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, echo is awesome. Um, I mean, he very much produces these like a, a, a TV or a movie thriller. He'll go some, sometimes, Six, yeah. eight pages without a single line of dialogue, and you can be like, "Well, maybe he just hates to letter," but he's <laughs> he's very cinematic, um, and you can see that it's like, yeah, you could do that in a in a in film or or TV where there could be a huge amount of time of storytelling without any dialogue or without any necessary narration narration, and he does that in his comics and. Most of this, most of this book is this first issue is is wordless, and it's you know still really good storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. I really like the story. I, I the concept of it. I I didn't know really what it was going into it at all. Um, but I uh, I really liked where it ended up because it's yeah. a little weirder than I thought it was going to be. Um, uh, and just uh, kind of out of left field. I didn't. I didn't expect it. You know, kind of going into it. But uh, it was good. I, I do get. I do get a little lost. Um, and I wanted to clarify with you. So okay. this, is, this is obviously about a a serial killer who is kind of a, uh, a do gooder, uh, kind of a Dexter. She's. It's kind of a Dexter. She's. She's a. She's a. Um, killer of what appears to be like sexual predator men. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not the same person that is sleeping in the VW van, right? That is, that is a different character that, so like the, the character at the end is not the character at the beginning. This is a, this is a different character who is 
possibly going to be wrapped up in this murder investigation? Is that is that what you got out of it? Um, no, that's not what I got out of it. Because I thought it, the serial killer who comes home and takes off the brunette wig and and her right. makeup and and parks her car and then it goes to this scene out by a lake of with this VW van that's not what they were in at the beginning was it no she was no. she was on a motorcycle in the beginning i actually thought that um it was possibly the same i thought it was a different period of time okay so it's kind of like a uh, but I'm not sure because it's not clear on that. But it, but it almost felt like it was a flashback uh, okay. of the same. That's what I. But I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say, honestly, because it's not spelled out either yeah, they way. Don't spell it out. So yeah, yeah it, it's who knows. Yeah. Who knows? Terry Terry Moore we'll knows. We can find but out. I, but yeah, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely. Not. I'm, I'm, he's I'm listening dead. and he's like, what the fuck? You guys don't understand what's going on. <laughs> Bunch of idiots. <laughs> idiots. Yeah. And listen to idiots who can't figure out this simple story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. Too I'm goddamn down. era. Yeah. It did intrigue me enough that I want to read the next issue for sure. For sure. Yeah. But I'm really interested. I've liked uh, the last two works have been. I, I think, uh, dare I say, I've enjoyed them more than Strangers in Paradise. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. Yeah, I I tried to read Strangers in Paradise, and I know that it has a following, <laughs> Yep. Uh, but like, yeah, I don't. I don't find it all that interesting, to be honest. I, I thought. I thought Echo and Rachel Rising were awesome. Both I liked. Them. I liked Rachel Rising a lot. I liked Echo as well. Uh, yeah. So, eh, you know, everybody's going to have a different kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But Tom, you mentioned a book you're reading or you read over the weekend that I'm interested in. In uh, yeah, I took a look at it. I didn't. I haven't read it, but I really am interested. It's one I, I talked it. about like two, three months ago. Oh. Mountain. Yeah, I you finally read the big impact on you. <laughs> yeah, I read the uh, I read the trade, and it was awesome. It was great. It's uh, written by John Lee's and uh, art by Ryan Lee, and uh, yeah, I, I won't belabor the plot. You know, it starts off with like a a kid and his dad and the dad's like a crazy conspiracy theory dude who's on the run. And then you find out that that's not really his son and that he kidnapped him from a family. And then they bring the kid back to the family in this town, but the town is weird. And it's got, it's like, it's like a, at first I, I, about like halfway through it, the second issue is like, I don't think I like this. And then by that, it was so, 
like it's almost schizophrenic and like it's this thing and then it's this thing and then it's right, this. Right. like and it's dark. Almost, it's like it's dark. yeah and yeah. I was like what is what is this I can't quite figure out what the story is supposed to be um and it's a really uh great mix of the good stuff about David Lynch you know where like he's very good at um like how do you start to portray like things as being creepy that aren't outwardly creepy you know like how do you like make like an idyllic sort of like nor uh, like this is like a Norman Rockwell painting town. Like you can kind of hint to the fact that things are creepy in it, but also if you took some of that and mixed it with John Carpenter's The Thing, you would have what this <laughs> what this uh, comic is. You know, like the sort of like very gruesome like body horror type stuff of The Thing mixed with like sort of like a creepy Lynchian you know like approach to like how do you just make characters weird weird and like fucking like untrustable and like um so yeah i mean by the third issue i was like oh i love this this is great like it took me a little while to like figure out what it was exactly and what and i love the art art's awesome because it's very it's incredibly it you know for a horror comic, it's a very different style than you would expect, like, a horror comic to have. Like, it has almost a more, um, not cartoonish, but, like, a more, like, almost like a comedy vibe to how the characters are drawn. Like, yeah. like it almost Incredi- feels Incredibly like, expressive, you know. Yeah. Obviously. It's, yeah, it's not a, it's not a, uh, uh, impressionist type. Yeah. So, so it's like, th- it's drawn in a way that would make you think it's like maybe a little, like a little funny or like a little like black humor to it, but it's not really got any of that. It's very creepy and very scary. And when the sort of horror bits or the, like the monstrosity parts come out, it's really intense. The art is so detailed and there's so many like, both really gruesome moments, but also like very creepy moments that they managed to like capture. And it moves. I think, I think part of my reluctance at first is it felt almost a little bit like a TV pitch in a comic. And I'm always a little resistant to that where I'm sure. like, okay, it's like, this is somebody's elevator pitch yeah. for something. But then once it starts making so many twists and turns, it's like, this isn't like good luck. Whoever, if this is a TV show to do all this, yeah, I mean, it is a comic. It's yeah. a comic, and it like goes through a lot of twists and turns very quickly, um, and like a, just a wide range of like emotion to it. And then once I sort of like let go of my preconceptions of like what I thought it was going to be, I was like, ah, oh, I enjoy this quite a bit. And uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, so I, I read the first trade through. Uh, um, through Hoopla, because I remember, you know, Chris had mentioned it, so I gave it a quick peruse. It was it was awesome. Yeah, it's. I think for pe- anyone that's probably ever lived in a mountain town, it probably resonates pretty hard. It's in a it it kind of had that it kind of had that like you were saying the uh, uh, David Lynch thing. It was like a Northern Exposure gone bad. Yeah, it's like, oh, things are a little strange here. And, like, a little, you know, the art does such a great job of both, like, the gruesome elements, but also just, like, creepy, 
right? And the difference between yeah. those two things, and you don't always have to be gruesome to be creepy. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool, a yeah. pretty interesting book. His uh, his uh, kid kidnapper dad, actually a pretty neat character in those first that first issue. Yeah, I mean it's so the book is so crazy and like how quickly it turns from one thing to another to another, uh, like sort of seamlessly, like foreshadowing it at parts where it's like actually no, it's not just at first you're like ah it's a story about this kid who's been mm-hmm. raised by like a conspiracy theorist it's like actually no it is partly that but part it's also this and then actually it's also like a, a horror just a straight up like monster horror story also it's got like some weird lynchian stuff and some you know like lovecraft and any of those it. things would have been good for a full story yeah and it's all kind of flipping, flipping it on you yeah, and flipping it so quickly and so fast, and it's like, oh, whoa, what is this? Yeah, so it was great. I ended up just reading it the whole way through in one sitting, which is very hard for me to do. <laughs> that is high praise. It's high Sometimes. praise that I ignored. I had to ignore my the pleas of my children. <laughs> Daddy, I think that, yes. The art reminds me a little bit of um, the gentleman who does lock and key. I can't think of his oh. name. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a little bit of Gabriel Rodriguez in there, but it's a it's a heavier, brushier line than Rodriguez. Yeah, I think it's more the character designs, the the yeah. how it you know the caricatures. The, you know, none of these people, while they look seriously, like gonna be, there's a lot of Gabriel Rodriguez. But if I say that, Sal's gonna think I'm stupid. No, <laughs> I no. absolutely think that that's true. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, that there, and it is, and I always felt that way about his art in Lock and Key. It's like this is an odd style for a horror comic book. It's a, it's it doesn't yeah. quite seem like it would work, but it does end up working. Yeah, it's so perfect. Speaking speaking of weird body dysmorphia, like horror shit, I I uh, I recently rewatched Scanners. Oh wow! And, uh, oh man, yeah, man. I'll tell you what. Uh, What's his name? I can't think of the director of that now. Cronenberg. Cronenberg. Uh, you know, say what you will, whether you like his movies or not, but man, that movie, in you know, for the first fifteen minutes of it, like it makes me nauseous. Like, and not in a way because it's yeah. doing anything gross. Like, not because of any kind of like gross special effects or anything. Just, Just the unsettling. Yeah. It is so unsettling. Everything in that movie, every actor that he cast, everything in that is just so unsettling. It it makes me like nervous and nauseous to watch. And it's just like, wow, he really has an ability to 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 create that you know that atmosphere so well in his films. It's it's just I just wanted. To, I don't know. I just I thought thought of that when yeah. you were talking about the thing. Yeah. No, I mean that's yeah. It's like the it does have a little bit of that and like how you think about like the thing and like how different from a cry. I mean like a Cronenberg movie's got that vibe to like everything to it. It's just like yeah. from beginning to end, it's, it's like unsettling. <laughs> it's unsettling. Something yeah. like is un unsettling is happening all the time. You can feel it, you know, like this, like something not great is happening right now where, you know, you look at sort of like John Carpenter's the thing and just like the approach to how gruesome the creature is and how like inventive, yeah. like the visual look of it and how like he, 
uses that like uncertainty of like what it's gonna look like. Where is it? Who is it? To like tell that version that version of the story. I'm a big John Carpenter fan and it, it occurred to me like over this last Halloween I, I watched a bunch of John Carpenter movies mm-hmm. and I realized like the one thing that he he does in all of his movies really well is giving you a feeling of isolation. Like every movie he makes, there's it's like if you look at like Halloween, they live the thing, any of those movies, they're all like even you know, like they live island, yeah. That care, those characters are he could be in the middle of a city, but he's alone and Mm -hmm. he's isolated, and 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 no one else is going through what he's going through. And and it's like, like, I always thought one of the most fascinating things about Halloween, the movie Halloween, was. It's like he you're in a suburban town with a bunch of yeah. people running around and yet you know Lori is alone. You know like she cannot find anyone to help her. This guy this maniac yeah. is chasing her. and even in broad daylight like when Michael shows up in broad daylight like it's this weird thing of like and I don't know if you guys no have ever around. There's yeah. no help around but but I remember that feeling like as a kid when I was like 12 13 years old of like a fall afternoon and you'd find yourself maybe somewhere where they're just for a few minutes, there's no one around you're in the woods or you're somewhere. And there's just like, you're alone. And, and he captures that so well in like all of his films. He, he, he is, I don't know, just something I noticed. I don't know why. Yeah. I, he captures the eeriness of that. Of, yeah. Yeah. If, if someone uh, were to kill me right now, no one would know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you think about it, it's like, that's gotta be, you know, for, for almost, you know, everyone who gets murdered, like that has to be that feeling at some point. That's what you're, you know, you know what I mean? Like you're alone, no one can help you. And it's like, God, that's gotta be terrifying uh, for him to, you know, be able to just like tap into it, tap into that in his yeah. films. It's like, oh, that's, he does that really well, but I guess that's why he's a legend. That's why Halloween spawns so many movies. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's so many horror movies. Yeah. It's like, oh, what is this? Well, I read um I, another one of my uh future stack picks from last week that I really enjoyed was a book called Space Bastards. Um this is from Humanoids. Uh Ooh. it's it's written by Eric Peterson and Joe Aubrey with art by Derek Robertson. Oh really? by is it yeah? New? Is it it's do it just came out. Um, is it, that it, why the fourth uh, issue of Hellblazer hasn't come out yet? I couldn't tell you. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, but this is uh, I, Humanoids. Um, is Mark Wade's the publisher of Humanoids? Like this is the thing that he kind of started, and uh, um, really? this is yeah, he's the publisher of of this company. It's it's a new comic book company. Um, I I think there's some money behind it. I'm not sure. But uh, not humanoids. It's humanoids. Yes, it is humanoids. It's it's that, but it's a com- comic book publisher humanoids. So I'm not sure what the relationship or how that's like different. That humanoids. Uh, yes, that humanoids. Really? So right. Yes. So, but now they're publishing like 
individual comics, and I think they're making maybe a bigger push in the U.S. I don't know. I don't know well, the story. Not doing Jordorowski and um, and Mobius right. anymore? No, they're. I think they're trying to branch out <laughs> from, from just that. <laughs> from just that. The the catalog was getting thin. Yeah, but um, uh, I really liked this book. It was really fun. It was uh, um, a perfect book for Derek Robertson. Okay. Uh, basically the idea behind it is it's it's uh in the future uh but in a crazy like uh intergalactic universe where you can travel to different worlds and that kind of thing um and the postal service is basically run by uh mercenaries or at least they work for the postal service and so the idea is if you need something delivered somewhere you hire uh, you hire this company and they basically put out a dollar amount on it, but any other postal worker can come and murder you and take it and get the, <laughs> and get the fee basically, or anyone else can too. And the more that it changes hands, the more you end up having to pay. So it's a, it's a weird, like I, you know, it's some That's sort of like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and and you have this guy who basically is kind of just a turd you know guy that hates his job working at like a normal company and he ends up getting fired and he starts running out of money he doesn't know what to do and he sees this ad for this this company that does this stuff um and he goes and signs up and uh it's run out of a casino like a like an indian reservation casino and he gets he gets put in this room, and they kind of give him the whole spiel uh, by the postmaster general Roy Sharpton. And um, at the end of it, like there's a whole room of people that that are there, and by the end of it, he's the only one left. So they hire him because it's incredibly dangerous. It's super like they tell him from the like it's incredibly dangerous. The chances are you're going to die, but if you don't die, you're going to make a shit ton of money. So they then put him with um, this alien dude who's like a veteran for his first day, this guy named Manny Corns, uh, who looks like a manicorn. He has a horn and, and, that, and he's a big badass fucking, you know, like kind of a Lobo-esque kind of character. Been doing this for a long time, fucking loves it. Like, you know, he can't get enough of it. And so it's just this crazy story of him sort of trying to show this kid the ropes and the, and the kid, you know, trying not to die and and it's it's it really harkens back to sort of like a lobo you know the 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 that that 80s sort of just wacky over the top violence um there's definitely some a little bit of social commentary some some sarcasm that kind of stuff in it space motorcycle a space Uh, he has a (laughs) he has a spaceship that the front of it is a giant manticore skull. Of course it is. Chrome. It's a giant chrome manticore perfect. skull. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Perfect. Yeah, of course. And uh, But it was really fun. It was really an, uh, really an awesome issue. I really enjoyed it a lot. And it's perfect for Derek Robertson. So I, I think it did pretty well. It seemed, seemingly, you know, I on the internet, it seemed like they had done pretty well with it, the initial issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It was really good. Like I, I enjoyed it a lot. As as just like a fun, you know, nothing silly. I mean, like I said, it's classic Derek Robertson 
Um, actually, I think it's some of his best work. Honestly, I think it's. Some I don't of know his the favorite. stuff he's doing on the, the that uh, DC Black Label Hellblazer series. Agreed. So good. Agreed. So good. Agreed. This is right up there with that. I think. Yeah. I mean, um, he, he this year he kind of went next level for me. I've always liked his his art, but like this year, I'm just like, no. I mean, he's he's like really really good. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I. I agree with you 100%. I've always liked his work, but I never thought he was he wasn't the kind of artist where it was like, "Oh, I'm going to buy the book just for mm-hmm. him." Automatic buy. Yeah. Right? He was never that. Now he is kind of becoming that guy, especially when I know it's something that fits him like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I I remember um back uh, years ago, when I went to the uh, there was a comic book convention in Michigan, the Cherry Capital Com. Yes, and I had the chance to interview um, uh, um, Steve Dillon. Steve Dillon, but also uh, I can't think of the guy's name. He used to write Deadpool. Um, shit. What was, anyway, it doesn't matter. But he wrote Deadpool and, and a few other characters. And one of the things I kind of it wasn't a question, but it was something I said it was like the two of you both have a career of sort of writing and working with bastards. Like the (laughs) characters are, and and I remember Steve said to me, he's like, well, the bastards are just more fun, aren't they? And I was like, yeah, they fucking are. You know? And that's what this is. This is a perfectly named book space bastards. It's and Derek Robertson is that kind of guy too. Like he fits Mm -hmm. a bastard book. Like he he fits it really well. I like happy that he did with Grant Morrison. Uh, I'm not sure if I ever actually read Happy or not. Happy's, I don't know. Happy's a fun book about a about a bastard. And uh, uh, the, have you did you see the TV show? I watched half a season of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched all of it. It's yeah, it's it's, it's goofy. Okay, but, uh, I met him out at uh, the Morrison Con because he and Grant were were publishing that mm-hmm. and the whole Morrison Con. Right. right thing happened and uh not a nicer guy will you meet i mean we sat around and and bs'd for better part of a night it's and that's the nice thing is that you know the the creators that you love their work whenever you meet them in person and they're they're not just that awesome they're even better Derek robertson in person is just fantastic you it, it's funny because he, he's a well, I had met him before I had, I had met him. I think it might've actually been at that same convention and he Mm -hmm. was sitting next to me. Yeah. Like the entire convention. And I was too nervous because I was such a boys fan. Oh, I was, I was a little too nervous to really, I talked to him a little bit, but I never, I never actually like, and it was weird because like I hung out with Steve that weekend. I hung out with, you know, everybody that was at that convention and drank and everything. And for whatever reason, I just kept my distance from Derek Robertson. I was such a, <laughs> right. yeah, it was like, eh, I don't want to, I don't, don't get too close. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but Space nice, Bastards. You did a nice uh, Booster Gold um, sketch for me. It's on the wall. Oh, there you go. Nice, yeah. nice. To match uh, uh, Kevin McGuire's uh, Blue Beetle. Ooh, all right, are, we, yeah. are, we, are we done name dropping now? All the, all the great. <laughs> just convention sketches. That's not name dropping. Oh, all right. Uh, but yeah, Space Bastards was awesome. So if, if you haven't picked it up, you know this is the kind of stuff. I, these are the picks that I make on Future Stacks 
even though I don't know it's going to be good, I knew it was going to be good. I just you're I'm like, like you're, you're like a like one of those TV bookies. Exactly. You know? <laughs> As a comics prophet. Yeah, it's like <laughs> let me tell you the best bet. Exactly. I, you got to call my one eight hundred number. I'm going to give you all the picks of the week. No. Sales picks of the week. This is my uh, my lock, my guarantee. <laughs> Samsonite lock. Absolutely, hundred hundred percent gold lock. This one is it. This this book will <laughs> will be a bestseller. Be guarantees though. Well, the you know I like I said I always thought Future Stacks was kind of silly. I mean when we oh, did it, it back in the day, but <laughs> yeah, I yeah. honestly kind of think. Like the idea of like somebody going through the comics of the week and picking out some, and saying, "Hey, be on the lookout for this." Mm-hmm. I kind of like it actually because cool. it's like, well, going to the comic book shop, it's like I don't want to miss something that maybe. Yeah. You know, it's not like you have to buy it, but maybe you pick it up off the shelf, yeah. and otherwise you don't, you don't even know it exists. Yeah. It, that's what. I was, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, I. I, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying doing that. So yeah, make sure you do uh, to check out my pick of the week, my picks of the week. But we're not. Uh, John Armour <laughs> said that on YouTube is his uh, comment was Derek Robertson, 2021 Young Gun. Yeah, he's yep. like, how old? How old is Derek Robertson? <laughs> Twenty five year veteran of the. Yeah. He, what, was, what was the one? That Marvel put out, it's been like probably ten years. It was like Arthur Soydum, you know, Young Gun or something. Well, something the, the, I remember. I don't. I remember it was. Uh, we this was early on when we were first doing the show, and I brought up an artist that I was not familiar with, and I was like, "This is a really hot young artist or something," you know, and it was um, Stuart Immerman. <laughs> and, and and I remember like somebody tweeted it to him or something, and they're like, "Well, he's like, I've been in the industry for ten years, so I'm not really young." <laughs> <laughs> hey, by Marvel standards, he wasn't even hatched yet. Yeah, right. Yeah, he just just getting his ears wet. That's funny. Marvel still do the young guns thing. Please hope not. I think kind of. Yeah, I mean, I know I've seen one in the last five years or something i think okay. yeah um, what it ended up being was like you know what country sabolsky had gone to you know to to vacation in <laughs> yeah well you know hey man you got to promote everybody bitches because they say marvel and dc don't promote their creators well you know i mean they're, they're sure they do of course so, they do no, yeah sometimes that means you got to be a 40 year old young gun Sometimes, hey man, yeah, I just uh, thanks, man. Hey Dave, Wa- Dave Wachter is going to be the next young gun. <laughs> He's the young gun in Marvel this yeah. year. That's right. <laughs> Sixteen years in the making. I just saw somebody. I saw a tweet. I don't remember who it was, and I have no idea what they're doing at Marvel. But they were like, "Hey, don't ever give up on your dream." I just turned forty-eight, and I just got my first job at Marvel. And yeah. I was like, that's fucking awesome. That's, you know, hey, man, you're never. You know. What's that? <laughs> was it? What did you say? I didn't was hear you. Ron Richards. Was it? Maybe it was Ron Richards. <laughs> I don't think Ron's. Ron's not 40. Ron. <laughs> is he still working for Marvel? Is Ron still? Yes, yeah. Yeah. He didn't get taken out by the cancel. 
by no. cancel culture. Congrats to him, man. He's got kids now and he's married. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I oh, no yeah, idea. married and kids. He's like Mr. Responsibility. Yeah. Wow. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. Poor bastard. Why would he want to go do that to himself? Yeah. Like all the all the I think Connor's the last confirmed bachelor out of that group. Well, Josh is like 70. I mean, Jesus. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean, he is like yelling at kids on his front porch. <laughs> he's actually, he's yelling at Trump fans on his front porch. He's definitely doing fine. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing that on, on Instagram. He's yelling at Trump fans that are oh, in a got, bar. Facebook, I think. He's like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we got to start our internet beef up with them again. I don't, I don't think there's, what's the, you know. Yeah. Just, your kids, your kids, ugly. <sighs> no, you can't talk about a man's kids. Come on, that's not right. Jeez, Damn, Chris, kid. you start the program with making fun of blind kids, and and now this. I what is, I know what you don't. Want talk, what if someone talked bad about your dogs, Chris? Oh, and then I would set my dogs on them. And your dogs are only going to live 15 years. They're only like a quarter yeah. of a human. Georgia's like almost 16 now. She's got three <laughs> legs and. She's doesn't move around to got to carry her up and down the stairs, but she'll still. Yeah, but when she's gone, you're just gonna go buy another one. You're not. No, I'm gonna be a mess. I'm gonna be a mess. (laughs) So now we love the iFanboy guys. It's uh, um, I miss those guys. I need to travel and see them at conventions again. I miss everyone. (laughs) Conventions are done. Never gonna have them again. No, never. All those people in one place? Disgusting. <laughs> God, Christ. Think about so, it. It's so gross. I went to a... Before COVID. Ugh. I went to... You're going to laugh at this. I went to a, a... There's a small like concert venue by me, and they have bands in all the time and stuff, and they had been closed for a long time, and they just got the kind of okay to open, and they had like... Um, uh, tables you had to buy a table of four so it was limited seating and that kind of thing and it was for um a beatles tribute band and a doors tribute band and the oh, beatles wow. tribute band was excellent they were they were called american english and they yeah. were freakishly good like looked like them sounded unbelievably like them like i like and and it was like mm-hmm. You know, if John sang that song, John sang that song. If Paul sang that song, and and like to a T, but it was really good. But um, I'm sitting there after a while, and it, it kind of started getting a little more crowded than I felt comfortable. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if I can ever go back to like being in a big crowd of people again. That that is a weird. Yeah. Is it the weirdest thing for you to watch TV in scenes that are like? you know, where like someone's like sharing food or like hugging someone and you're like, ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's not that weird to me, but yeah. I mean, it's uh, just this initial reaction. You're like, Oh no, this was like done before then. Or, uh, well, I have people, we will get back to doing things like want to sh- have a fry off my plate, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> I, was I have people trying to strangle me on a weekly basis. So I was picking up food the other day, and my hand accidentally brushed up against the hand of the guy that was handing me the food. And I think that was like <laughs> the first human I had touched outside of like my 
family in like a year. It was very unsettling. It was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, somebody walked past me at work like, and ah. me on the back and fucking freaked me out. Don't See, fucking I, touch me. I haven't, uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I'm probably a little less uh, careful than you guys are. I'm, yeah. I'm, well, you've already I, I have a harder time. I just have a hard time, like, with it. I forget. I yeah, just, well, I you, you've got the antibody now. For now, yeah. I don't know how long it lasts, but, yeah, I definitely. It is I mean, weird it was, now because I, I'm almost to the point where I don't think about it at all. And so, like, I walk into a store and go, oh, I forgot my, you know, I got to put my mask on real quick mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Because I'm just yeah, like, don't ah. do that guy. Because I yell at that guy. Well, you can yell at me. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. off. What are you going to go ahead? The gentle t- <laughs> The gentle touch of a delivery man, his hand <laughs> brushing up against mine. But think about a convention with all those people like breathing. Just I didn't like conventions before. They were gross beforehand. Yeah, Yeah. people got sick at them all the time. Right? Yeah, disgusting humans. I think people should be forced to wear face masks at conventions Ah, going forward, like forever. Yeah, like face shields. And uh, especially, it's great. I love it in the winter. I should just wear a mask all day. Like I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, yeah. I, you know, nice and I mean, warm. Nice and warm. But yeah, I think of conventions with all this just people just, just like shaking hands and just right. breathing on each other. Like, oh my god, just standing yeah. in line for hours at a time. <laughs> yeah, just sweating, sweating on each other. <laughs> god, Christ, it's disgust. It's disgusting. <laughs> Or concerts, uh, you know what I mean? Like, think about concerts. They're like festivals and, you know, stuff like that. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. You know, last next to people. No. In the summer and you're just pouring sweat and fucking drinking booze and who knows what the hell's flying in the air, you know? I would probably do that. I'd do that now. I'd go to one and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. This isn't that great. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> no, it's like, let's come to Summerfest. It's delightful. Get all sweaty. I mean, yeah, I was thinking of things that I was like, uh, yeah, maybe this anymore. And like, uh, <laughs> things are, it's like, we stopped doing it. It's like, oh, God, why did we do, why did we? <laughs> well, everyone's that's, just on the CTA, just like. Without <laughs> masks, just like breathing, you know, like, God, crazy. Why did I not? How did I not use hand sanitizer every 30 seconds before? <laughs> yeah. Dude, what is like, oh, at the airport and you see some tourists from, yeah. you know, like Japan wearing masks and you're like, oh, look at these weirdos. What a weirdo. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I, yes, definitely 1000% will be wearing well, Dude, I, I, on, on the CTA since this started, what, yeah. what is, what's the L like in Chicago? I haven't, I haven't been on it. In- oh, you haven't been on the L? No. Yeah, that sounds freaky. Yeah, I mean, we are talking about mask. A, a train line where where people would you know openly pee and defecate on trains. Um, so yeah. I mean, there was always there was always a a certain amount of uh, bacterial um, <laughs> infestation. Oh yeah, I mean it was gross, but now I'm definitely wearing a mask on the CTA. Yeah. All right, enough of all the time talk. Yeah, no more. Yeah. Um, I think we're we're getting close to the end of this one, um, so we can uh, we can start uh, kind of wrapping did, up. 
Did you guys? Um, I was going to ask you actually. Uh, did you guys read? Anyone read the the Eternals that came out this last week? I, issue I number one. It. I got nine yeah. inches into it twice. I'm probably going to try and read it tonight. It's wordy. It's a Karen Gillan book, so it's wordy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like the art. I, I said Ribic. I don't know if that's how you say his name. Really great art. It looks fantastic, but I, I read it twice as well. Trying to understand this fucking dense goddamn thing. And I'm just like, why would you, if you're Marvel and you have a movie coming out of the Eternals soon, why would you relaunch the Eternals and make it like impenetrable? You know, wouldn't you want people, you know, wouldn't you want it to be just a little more informative, a little bit more like, hey, this is what the Eternals is. I mean, I get like the idea of wanting to maybe, you know, let let Kieran Gillen do whatever he wants to do, but then maybe not put him on a something that's relaunching with a movie this year. It just seems like such a weird anyway. It's I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's. So we talked about cereal earlier and you know how I was just like, yeah, I mean, there's like eight pages in the middle of that book that is completely dialogue free and it's just visual storytelling. So sometimes I, I go to, to bed at night and I'll decide to read a comic. I may have picked up the Eternals and gotten two pages into it and flipped through it and said, yeah, that's too many fucking words and grab <laughs> cereal. And I was like, this is perfect before I go yeah. to sleep. Yeah. I, I like I said, it just confuses me. Have the Eternals ever really worked? I mean, it was a failure when Kirby did it. So you know what I mean, yeah, like Kirby property. So it's always gonna it's always gonna have life. That's what I don't get though. It's like why I, I just I think I like did Neil Gaiman did did a, a Eternal series, didn't he? Yeah. At one point, yeah. I think I like that, but I think everybody I takes it too fucking serious or something. Hmm? What? I always get them confused with the Inhumans. <laughs> there mm-hmm. is that too. Well, you have the New Gods, the Inhumans, and the Eternals. They're all basically the same. They're all Kirby. Yeah. 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 Nonsense. Kirby yeah. nonsense. Yeah. They're all, you know, crap. I'm gonna make all the Kirby fans hate me, but it's just like the the this was. I know everybody was like, "Oh, Kirby's," you know, "Fuck Stan Lee." Kirby was the genius behind Marvel. It's like, yeah, but look at what character designs were awesome. That's why they, that's why they last so long. He has great character designs. He does. I mean, but his fucking storytelling is just kind of shit. I don't, I don't, I I don't know any Kirby stuff that I really like that he wrote. Fucking commandy. Ugh. 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 I mean, it's It's all concept shit. I guess. The thing to like about those is not like I was saying, you know, a couple months ago. You know, like Kirby found the the uh, loophole of like let's just make every fourth page the first page. Just for scenes, you know, like it's like a little bit like oh gosh, no. this is a lot to get to read. Like oh my god, what are we doing? In some ways, it's perfect if you only want to read four pages because mm. you're like, oh, okay, that's it. You go that's all I need. That's all I need. <laughs> I, I, the, with the the uh, the Jimmy Olsen book from Fraction and Library, where they kind of did that same thing, where it's like every six pages. It's, it's like, brand new. Yeah. It's like the it's first story. 
<laughs> new, st- new section. All right, let's just splash page. Let's do it. I'm okay with that, actually, at this point in my life, because yeah. that's, about, that's about all I can go anymore. It's six pages, and yeah. I start to nod off like you were saying, Chris. Like, what's happening? Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, we're back. Words. I'm reading something else. <laughs> I American, sh- American Vampire is about my sweet spot, because he doesn't get too wordy with that. My yeah, I can I can read twenty pages of, of that. And that that's, I don't mind that's, if something's wordy if it has something to say. Like this was like wordy nonsense. Like it was just like I don't know. It was like wordy, like trying to be serious and then trying to also be clever. Yeah. I don't know. It just I'm, yeah. It doesn't can be that way sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was like a lot of his work, but yeah. It, Sometimes it can it can have it can yeah be a little ham fisted. It looked really good though. Yeah, yeah. Really. I just wish I just wish it was like a little more. Loved his Thor. I just want every comic book to basically be Guardians of the Galaxy, the first movie. Like I just want it to be that sort of straightforward. No, yeah. doesn't need to be any deeper than that. I mean, that <laughs> was the superhero I mean, book. Not even the the movie. Even, I still love the Annihilation stuff. Was were great comics. Yeah, the, the Annihilations. Well, you had well, that's where the good. Galaxy came out of was the yeah. Annihilation stuff. Well, that iteration. Yeah, didn't invent them. <laughs> no, but that that it, yeah, I mean that's Star one, but um, but for the movie, I mean that was really the. The Abnett Lanning. Oh yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Right. Yeah. What was the whole Star Wars and? All right. I didn't mean to shit on Kieran Gillen. I just uh... no. That's we've been singing his praises for a long time since what phonograph. I, I did mean to shit on, <laughs> on Jack Kirby though. Huh? Like that guy. I did mean oh. to shit on Jack. No, I'm just kidding. I just yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do want to shit on his son though. Jack Kirby's son that recently like said he doesn't like <laughs> Nazis. Well, it's just like who gives a fuck? What if like you didn't have anything to do with Captain America? Who cares what you <laughs> fucking think? <laughs> I seriously, like, who gives a shit? What well, the fuck? Comic, comic book fans give a shit. Why? Because your dad draw drew great comics. You didn't yeah. fucking draw shit. I don't know. It's weird. I I I, I get it. I, I get think he was speaking on behalf of his dad to say that his dad doesn't like Nazis. And I think really? That, wow, that's a shocker. He that, fought in World War Two. I was like, <laughs> you know, needed Kirby's son to say that Jack Kirby didn't like Nazis. I, the whole like you know Jewish <laughs> thing. <didn't>... <laughs> <laughs> it's just no. It's just funny to me because it's like. Who are you talking to? Do you think you're gonna like turn some people because you're Jack Kirby's son? You like all of a sudden they're gonna be like, you know what? You're right. I I used to like Nazis, but now I'm not so sure about those Nazis because I don't like Nazis. So once you cross the line into like, you know what? The Nazis aren't so bad. You know? <laughs> like, it's sort of a line. That you've crossed this. That's tough like, to come back from. You don't usually yeah. cross back over the other way. It's like, oh, I actually, once I got to know them a little bit more, like, I'm like, not. I, I something on the internet. If, you, if you're ever questioning if you're on the right side of history or not, just look to your left and right. If you huh? see a Nazi, 
you're not on the right side of history. <laughs> it's like I got to know him a little bit more, and I did not like what they were about. A little <laughs> intense. First, They're a little uh, intense. At first, I was like, "Oh, this is kind of interesting." You know, it's like that's usually not the path <laughs> for you know someone who gets involved in that. They're like, "Wait a minute, didn't you see American History X?" <laughs> 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 I'll never, I'll never think of curbs the same way. Um, all right, guys, let's let's wrap this one up. Uh, uh, quick reminder, uh, the Patreon stuff. It's uh, patreon.com slash around comics. You get uh, all sorts of extra content like the ACTV, where uh, Sal and I will be talking about WandaVision every week here for, what, the next seven weeks. And then you can maybe help us uh, pick out uh, another TV show, even though we uh, hold the right to veto, I think is what Sal said. Uh, Tom's going to be cooking up some Tom verses for us at some point. Uh, I'll be doing some more creator creator interviews, and Sal has uh, Days of Future stacks. Every I got some, uh, I got some Nazi comics. I'm thinking about Nazi comics. Yes, reviews of Nazi comics is that's the uh, third tier of the Patreon uh, level. Uh, <laughs> Tom's like, wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> what are some of the rewards? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got we got all that stuff uh cooking and uh yeah that's that's it that's all i got to plug i hope i didn't get us banned off of youtube with that uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> just don't play a misfit song just uh, joking, kids. Uh, uh email us please we love listener emails at uh info at around comics.com always feel free to check in on the live feed and uh, send us a question or a comment we uh we take those check us out on the twitters and the facebooks and all that stuff i'll uh i'll work on the twitter or the uh the tiktok videos at some point how about some twitch some or twitch? uh i don't know <laughs> i don't know periscope I'll be, on, I'll, I'll be on I'll be on parlor. I'll be on Sorry. Uh, sorry guys. Okay. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow. All right. Uh, so I'm just trying to be controversial, you know. The only we, place you can where real free speech is <laughs> I'm going to stand up in front of uh, cameras that are going to broadcast to the entire United States and wear a face mask that says fucking censored on it. (laughs) I'm going to live stream myself committing a crime. (laughs) It's totally secure. It's totally totally, totally secure. I promise. Yes, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, all right so uh so you got all that stuff to look forward to and of course our uh, tuesday episodes are always uh and will always be free so we'll be back next tuesday to talk about uh more of the comics that uh sal brings up on future stacks and uh future stacks. and other stuff uh in the meantime in between time we'll be everywhere in Hanarok comics <laughs>